Thank you for joining us for Reducing the Risk of Teen Addiction, a podcast series from Rogers Behavioral Health. When it comes to preventing teens from turning to drugs or alcohol, we must first understand who is most at risk, the signs to watch for, and what to do if we suspect a teen is using. Throughout this series, you'll gain critical insight into navigating this very complex issue. Today on the podcast, we are talking about teen substance use and the connection to mental health. I'm Becky Wham, and today I'm talking with Dr. Michelle Maloney, Executive Director of Addiction Services at Rogers Behavioral Health. Dr. Maloney, what is the connection between mental health and teen substance use? Thank you, Becky. The connection between teen substance use and mental health is pretty complex. We want to sometimes think one causes the other, but it isn't reality many times. You know, we do struggle with the whole theory of the chicken and the egg and which came first. However, we do find that most adolescents who do have a substance use disorder also have a mental health disorder. And in some cultures, one is preferable over the other, meaning parents would rather think of their child having a mental health disorder versus substance use disorder because unfortunately, substance use disorders in the United States are still very much stigmatized in that people believe that someone has control over whether or not they use a substance. You know, when we think about back, we still know kind of that war on drugs and just say no, and we know that campaign didn't work, and that is really because of that complex connection. You know, within treatment, we call it co-occurring disorders. And the reason we call it co-occurring disorders is because of that complex. And we really see it as more appropriate than dual because dual implies two, and many individuals can have more than two diagnoses, more than two issues going on. You know, we also throw in behaviors for adolescents. You know, and we know that substance use can exacerbate a mental health disorder. So if someone has depression and they start using substances, we know they can become more depressed, even suicidal. We also know if someone's using substances, substance use can make someone feel depressed and therefore, you know, again, complicating that factor and and really make those feelings or the craving or the desire to use substances much more intense. Some of the common mental health uh, disorders that we see within our adolescent population here at Rogers is anxiety, depression, and ADHD. Those are very common, again, within the general substance use, even as adults, we see that. You know, heavy marijuana use can be associated with an increased risk of schizophrenia or other psychosis, particularly among individuals who already have a genetic predisposition. We also see, you know, suicidal thoughts, personality disturbances when individuals are using a lot more marijuana. And it's not whether or not, you know, we don't really know whether or not marijuana causes these problems or it's a response to them. You know, much more research is needed in that area to better understand this. All we recognize is that when people are using a lot of marijuana, we tend to see more psychosis. A lot of that also has to do with the level of THC currently in marijuana. You know, we think about marijuana 10, 15 years ago, and it was about 3% THC. 
We're now finding through some confiscated marijuana that it's much higher and can be as high as 80% THC. Um, again, that's the marijuana off the streets. It's not what you find in a dispensary, but that's what adolescents are using, what's off the streets. You know, when we think about that psychosis, if you will, you know, and how does that impact an adolescent's brain? You know, we talk about addiction as a brain disease. You know, addiction is treatable, but it is a chronic medical disease that does impact the brain. We think about things such as reward pathways, where if someone uses marijuana, they get a good feeling. It creates a circuit within their brain that says, hey, I want to do that again. And so they do it again. And we think about any substance use, including nicotine, alcohol, marijuana, anything like that during adolescence, it significantly increases the risk of substance use disorder later in life, particularly because the brain is still developing. And with anything, when it's still developing, it's much more in a vulnerable state. We also know it's associated with cognitive impairments in learning. You know, so an adolescent who uses substances may have more difficulty learning in school, memory issues, attention spans. And so again, when we think about symptoms of ADHD, you know, we automatically think about, oh, well, they have ADHD. They may, they may not. It all depends on the substances they're using. And sometimes as providers, it's hard to tease apart, you know, which symptoms are a result of which. And so again, really looking and asking your provider to help you figure that out can be very helpful. The other consequences of adolescent substance use and mental health we look at can be other things such as unsafe sexual practices. You know, you're putting yourself in a vulnerable position uh, potentially. And we know we've seen an increase in STDs among the adolescents. You know, we also know that unfortunately human trafficking um, tends to co coincide with adolescent substance use. And it's a scary thought for parents when you think about human trafficking, you think about increased STDs, you know, even the legal system, truancy, for example, tends to increase. And then we also know that there's gang involvement, right? Because many adolescents who tend to, you know, go right into addiction and spiral downward, they're trying to find their substances somewhere and have to pay for them. Many of them will resort to dealing. Um, so you have the legal system there, or like I say, get involved in a gang. And then we have other behavioral sort of addictions, if you will. We know that there's gambling. Gambling and substance use can go hand in hand. Internet gaming, internet gaming with adolescents has been um, on the increase. You know, and, and when we think about internet gaming, we think about is someone preoccupied with gaming? You know, it's one thing to play Xbox, you know, for two hours on a snow day versus my life is just, you know, surrounding the Xbox. You know, if you as a parent take the Xbox away from your child, they may get upset, but they tend to get over it after a while. Someone who is internet gaming or just regular gaming will struggle with that, similarly to withdrawal. You know, when you know it's kind of, again, cross that line from something fun uh, to do on a snow day versus a gaming addiction, more or less, you know, they start to lie to their family members about how much they're using. 
again, they're jeopardizing or losing relationships, friendships. And even in research, we've seen MRIs that show a significant difference in the brains of individuals with gaming addiction versus adolescents who don't have a gaming addiction. And really those scans are very similar to substance use disorders. So, you know, again, more research needs to be done, but we look at those brain scans and they look very similar between gaming and substance use. You know, we also see sexting, you know, where you're texting sexually explicit information from one to another within adolescence. We see that on the increase, particularly with individuals who have some substance use. So again, when we look at all of it, it's common for an individual to experience substance use, mental health, and behaviors at the same time. And I think one of the other key really takeaways is adolescent brains are developing. They're vulnerable until they're fully developed. And so any of that substance use, mental health, and behaviors can alter the development of an adolescent brain. So when a patient comes in with addiction issues and mental health issues, what gets treated first? How do you approach that? That's a great question. And what I would say is you have to approach it simultaneously. It's not that we can, you know, if someone comes in with a broken arm and a broken leg, yes, you tend to fix one before the other, but you do both of them simultaneously. Treating what we call co-occurring or you know, substance use and mental health is very similar. You have to treat both. Otherwise, what you find is if you treat depression, then substance use tends to you know, pop up, if you will. I liken it to, if you remember that carnival game, whack-a-mole, you, know, you, you hit one down, the other one pops up, and you keep going like that. When you approach it from a single disorder perspective, that's what you tend to find. And so really the key is working with a full treatment team. That includes, you know, psychiatrists, nurses, therapists, family therapists, to really take a look at the whole adolescent, the whole family, really, and treat all of it simultaneously because that shows to have better outcomes. And the individual can heal within the context of the family because particularly when adolescents enter into treatment, the family needs treatment as well. Many times, you know, the parent may blame themselves. What did I do wrong? You know, where did I go wrong? And it's not about that. You know, it's not that someone did something wrong or didn't do something right. It really is kind of that whole picture. And many times healing needs to also take place because many times there's arguments, things said that maybe shouldn't have been said or you know, and so bringing that family together and helping that, you know, even educating the family of what's going on with that adolescent and really teasing out, for example, anxiety. Does the adolescent have a true anxiety disorder or is the anxiety a symptom of the substance use? You know, and so really working with a treatment team to, to figure that out can be extremely helpful for families. Thank you, Dr. Maloney. Next time on the podcast, we'll talk about what parents can do if they think their child might be using substances. Rogers Behavioral Health is helping children, teens, and adults rise above their challenges with mental health or addiction. 
To learn more about Rogers Specialized Treatment, visit rogersbh.org today. I'm Becky Wham. Thank you so much for tuning in.